Good to see everyone this afternoon. Um, no, I'm, I'm not Pastor Mark. Um, if you uh, please come back next Sunday, Joe, and you'll hear Pastor Mark. <laughs> um, he's, Pastor Mark's having an amazing time uh, right now. I just know he is. He's ministering in Colorado at a, at a church there, and uh, he'll be back with us um, this week. But um, here's where he's at. He's uh, bringing the word. People are getting saved, healed, filled with the spirit, lives changed, even in Colorado. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome. I'm going to get started, and um, we're going to look at a subject that I enjoy studying. It's, it's, it means a lot to me, and you'll kind of see why along the way. But this topic of identity and, and understanding how how to keep this in the forefront of our attention, our true identity. Um, if you would, go ahead and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and, and verse 17. This is uh, the identity crisis, if you will, is nothing new. It's been around for a long time, since creation. People have been dealing with this uh, topic for a while. And it actually started um, in the garden when, when God said, you know what, I'm going to make man, I'm going to create man in my image and in my likeness. They're going to be identical to me. That's how this started in the garden with Adam and Eve, right? We with me? Yeah. But here's, here's the deal. Let me, I want to start with this in this service. Um, just trying to help help set this up a little bit better. Um, how many of you don't you have to raise your hands? Just internal reflection. Grew up with a childhood like mine, um, where everyone that you went to school with, I say everyone, teachers, labeled you as dumb. Like you'll never succeed. I mean, I heard that from kindergarten through twelfth grade. Um, I'm not joking. That's not an exaggeration. You know, they try to label you and put you in these different classes and these, these special classes, right? And they want to put these labels on you um, because you can't take a test real well. I'm going to get off of that soapbox. <laughs> but here's the deal. I heard that, and I heard that, and I heard that. So, so guess what my effort was like through school? Not, not, not too much effort. Because why try to do something if everyone's telling you you can't do it? Right? That's just what you're hearing. So therefore, you act that. Again, it's an identity issue. And something else that happens in schools um, is when they tell little Johnny or little Joe, little Joe, you can be whatever you want to be when you grow up. That starts the motion of chaos with identity crisis because now Joe grows up and gets saved and now the Lord's saying hey Joe I need you to do this I want you to do this but yeah but I was always taught I can be what I want to be but no no Joe I, I need you to I need you to do, do this for me and then now Joe's in this battle of do I can I do and be what I want to be or do I can I only be what God wants me to be so the answer is you can only be what God wants you to be so I would encourage parents, if you have kids, to not say, hey, you can do whatever you want to do because that's not 
100% accurate. Once you, <laughs> once you step into Christ, you now belong to him. You've just said, you are my Lord, you are my Savior. Yes, sir, we'll do that. Right? So again, that, that just plays into this issue of identity. It happened to Lucifer himself. It started in heaven. He said, hmm, I can be, you know what? I was told in class that I can be what I want to be. God, I can be what I want to be. I'm going to take your chair. I'm going to exalt myself above you. Well, how did that work out for Mr. Lucifer? Not, not too good. He, he got a pretty swift demotion to planet Earth. He also received a new home called hell. So it didn't work out too well for him. He couldn't be what he wanted to be. He should have stayed who God made him to be. See, be okay with who God made you to be. There's a reason for it. We don't have to question, well, God, why am I that? Why am I doing that? Why can't I do that? Well, because he didn't make you to do that. Be okay with it. Because you have a purpose. You have a calling. You have, a, you have an audience that only you can reach. And if you get in your head that I want to be that and not that, well, here we go with the identity crisis. And now we hear across all the media, hey, you know what? <sighs> we're going to embrace this. This is okay. I know you were born one way, but you can be what you want to be. And then look what we have. A mess. Why? Well, because I can say the church has probably stayed silent way too long and said, no, little Johnny, you're going to be what God made you to be, and that's it. So he did it there. Then he came to earth, and he did it with Adam and Eve. He got them to question their identity. Oh, God didn't say that. What God really meant was if you do eat the fruit, then your eyes will be open and you'll be just like him. Oh, yeah, that's right, Mr. Devil. Wow, so what is it? Am I like him or am I not like him? Am I trying to be like him? See, he started messing with their identity. They were already like God. They were created in his image. Right? You with me? He went after their identity. Then, in Luke chapter 4, he did it with Jesus in the wilderness. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. If you're really the son of God, why don't you command this stone to be made bread? Prove it. If you're the son of God, prove it. Then he, that didn't work. If you be the son of God, he tried it again. Trying to get Jesus to question his identity. Jesus knew who he was and he wasn't backing off of it. And he didn't have to prove anything to anybody. See, when you know who you are, you don't have to prove yourself to nobody. God has approved you. That's for somebody. You don't have to prove yourself at work. God will promote you. I have my own testimonies of this. He'll promote you. He'll give you raises. You just stay true to who you are and watch him work in your life. 
Because he didn't create you to be less. He created you to be above. Amen. Amen. Well, let's look at Let's look at our verse now that we've covered this identity crisis has been going on for a long time. So what do you think he, how do you think the devil's attacking the body today? Identity. Oh, let me, let me just slow down a little bit. If you're really healed, you wouldn't be hurting right now. Oh, that's, yeah, that's right. If I was healed, I wouldn't be hurting. Identity crisis. If you were really saved, you would not have spoken to him that way. Getting to question your identity. If you were saved, if you were healed, if you were truly blessed, then this would happen. It's the same attack that's been going on for generations and generations. If Jesus went through it, here's the kicker. Here's why it's good for us. That's okay, because Jesus overcame it. So now we can overcome it. Amen. Amen. Our identity is in Christ. So let's look at this together. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Why is that hard to understand? If you are in Christ, your old self is dead your new self is new. This, this struggle of hanging on to our past and allowing our past to identify who we are now is not fair. It's not fair to you. Why? It should not be that way. Jesus paid too high of a price for you to hang on to who you used to be and try to be who you are now. He did that on the cross. This side, this side, brought them together, made one. We don't, we don't have to have a foot as a sinner and a foot as saved. Just go ahead and go all in to be saved. Well, what if I sinned? That doesn't make you a sinner. A sinner is someone who's separated from God. And every time we mess up, it doesn't separate us. That's part of our redemption package. We have been identified with Christ. You you are no longer an unidentified object. You you are now identified in Christ. Not your behavior, not your skin color, not your past, not your job, in Christ. Christ. In Christ is where our identification lies. Amen. This word in, I think, is, is slightly um, misunderstood. This, the word, the simple word in is a very powerful word. It's a, it's a joining word. It's a connecting word. And when we have this language that, that we'll walk around and I'm in trouble, I'm in debt, I'm in confusion, I'm in lack. I'm in sickness. I'm in a pandemic. No, 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 and, and no. You are in Christ. 
we are in Christ. And I can promise you those things are not in him. So therefore, they're not in you. See, it's just just getting this mind shift of, no, I'm in Christ. There may be junk going around me, but that's not what I'm in. I am connected. I am joined to Christ Jesus. I'm not in fear. You can't be in fear and in Christ. Those don't mix. You are in Christ, period. That's good news. It's the safest place to be. I just want to move where it's somewhere safe. I mean, you heard somebody say that? I, just, I want a house where it's safe. I just want a safe neighborhood. Well, are you, are you born again? Yeah, yeah, I am. Well, you've got the safest place there is because you abide in Christ. And you have a home in heaven that's extremely safe and waiting for you to get there. Amen. We are in the safest place we could ever be in Christ. We're not in crisis. We are not in crisis. We are in Christ. There's no crisis in Christ. There's peace. There's joy. There's love. There's forgiveness. Amen. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I am Christ. It makes me happy. Because I know in myself, in my, in my Texas self, I'm, uh, I fall way short. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> but in Christ, I win. In Christ, I can succeed. In Christ, I'm good enough. In Christ, I'm smart enough. So these old haunting remarks from our past, if you would allow them to, they can disappear today. They can have no more hold on you after this service. Because you're gonna shift your perspective from being the abused to being the in-Christed. Amen? The, the labels of, I'm an abused victim. No, you're not. If you're in Christ, you're not. If you're in Christ, you're forgiven, you're healed. You're healed. You're healed. You are restored. You have been made new. And your position is now not the victim. Your position is the victor. It's just a simple shift of, of vision. That's who I was, but no, no, no. This is who I am. Everyone wants to know who they are, and I find it kind of disturbing in a way. When I, when I speak to people, at least eight times out of ten, so tell me about Taylor. Um, hmm. This is an example. Um, gosh, <laughs> that's a great question. Taylor, hmm, well... I uh, like to play golf. Okay, but 
Who are you? Not what do you like to do? Who are you? And a lot of times people don't even know how to answer the question of saying, who are you? Um, I, I don't know when I've heard this. Never thought about it. <laughs> you, you've never thought about who you are? When was the last time you thought about who he is? Because when we focus on who he is, who we are should become a reality in us because we are connected, we are one with him. As he is, so are we. Where? In this world. (laughs) Amen. It's pretty easy, huh? Now, this only applies to those who have said, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. These these reality truths of your identity being in Christ, that they can't apply to the to the sinner, to the ones that are separated from God. But those of us who have given that place to the Lord Jesus, you have now been placed in His lap, if you will. If you need a little imagination tool, it's okay to use your imagination. Use it in the right way. Not for good, for e- or not for evil, but for good, sorry. Okay, see yourself in the lap of Jesus because you're seated in him. So we might as well see ourselves there, right, Pastor Bill? If, if that's where we are, we might as well at least acknowledge that, okay, this is where I'm at. So if I'm here, these problems don't have any place here, so I'm not in that, I'm in Christ. Now, I'm not saying you don't have some issues. Some challenges may be, but don't tie yourself to them. Don't, don't be in that. Stay in Christ, and now you can pray from this place of being in Christ. You can believe from this place of in Christ. You can speak from this place of in Christ. And you're not alone in doing so. Guess what? He's praying with you. He's praying for you. It's a joint effort. It's a, be- it's a beautiful place. And you're not having to try to get to God to get him to hear you. It's just a simple turn to your left. Hey, daddy. Because you're at his right hand in Christ. You're not far away. This is not a long distance relationship. You know, when we moved from Texas, God didn't stay in Texas. He said, all right, I'm going to stay here. I'll, I'll hold down the fort. You go ahead and go to Idaho. No, he, he came with me, and, and he's been here with me all along. I have testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony of the goodness of God. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He's always, always fighting for us to take us higher, to take us further, and to do good for us and not bad. I promise you, I've lived it. We have lived it. I'm going to tell you, um, (laughs) God is, God is amazing. And when you can understand that you identify with him, 
and not identify with who people have always told you you are, you're winning. When all all you may have heard growing up is how you can't and how you couldn't, In the, in the world, in the, in the natural world, sometimes as little children, yeah, but my daddy said, heard about say that, you have kids? Yeah, but my daddy said this. We kind of lose that as we grow up. When someone says something horrible or negative toward us, when was the last time we, we, we countered back and said, yeah, but my daddy says, I can but my daddy says I'm healed. But, but my daddy says. When was the last time that was your response? Or simply say, yeah, but it is written. It is written. My dad said it, and it's written, and he wrote it down. I heard it, I've heard a minister say it this way. The word of God was spoken so it could be written and then it was written so it could be spoken. I said, mm, that's good. The word of God was spoken so it could be written, and now it has been written so we can speak it. We might as well align our tongues with who we are. I am peaceful, I am blessed. I am a good mom. I am a good dad. I know what I'm doing because I'm in Christ and therefore he knows, therefore I know. He's going to show me how to parent. He's going to show me how to raise this boy. He's going to show me what to do. Hmm. He's going to show me his bent. He's going to show me how to direct him. He's going to show you Every detail you've been looking for because you're in him. The answers are in him. There's no worry. There's no concern if you're doing it right, doing it wrong. Who gives a rip? You do what he tells you to do. Amen. He he wants to help us so much. He set us in his lap and said, hey, let me tell you all about it. And now we have this ability to take our Bible when it's time to read. When it's time to get in Scripture, we can go to him and say, Daddy, will you read this book to me? Will you read Ephesians to me? I want you to read the book of Ephesians to me, please. Tell me who I am. Show me my identity. And as you start reading... He's reading with you, and your eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. That's how the prayer of Ephesians starts off, that they would know, that you would know beyond a doubt who you truly are. We're searching to and fro, am I this, am I that, am I this, am I that? I don't know. All I know is that you need to know that you are in Christ. That's where we start. And as you, this happens a lot as well. Once you identify with something, that becomes a reality in your life. It just does. 
If you, had, if you have been identifying with diabetes, diabetes has become a reality in your life. But the good news is you can be set free from that disease today. You say, you know what? That has no place in me because it has no place in Christ. Therefore, diabetes, I command you in the name of Jesus to leave my body now. I will no longer identify myself with you. Amen? And I'm thinking from a natural sense, I, I, I enjoy playing golf. I grew up in the golf world. Played golf through junior high, uh, all through high school, and a brief stint in collegiate golf. I can point out a golfer just by looking at someone. You play golf. Not even on the golf course. I just, I just know that look, if you will. I know how golfers, I know how we dress. I know how, how we act, how, how we walk. Got a little swagger, yeah. I, just, I got a birdie back there. Yeah, but what you get on this one? Double. <laughs> see, we use language, like double birdie, what are you talking about? Yeah, see? You identify with that and you, that your language changes to that. Your clothes change to that. Your, your equipment changes to that because you have identified yourself as a golfer. And now I take my daughter. I'm still in this golf world. Um, Zoe, she plays golf and she's in tournaments and we travel and go places and she's amazing. Um, and we get to tournaments and I'm looking at these kids. We're, we're sizing them up, right? Like, hmm, that one's probably pretty good. This, that one's good. So we got to watch that one. We got to watch this one. Um, and I look at some of these kids like, yeah, you shouldn't even be here. Never seen them swing a club. Just, just the look, right? So if we can do that from a natural standpoint, probably the same thing on the, on the soccer field. If we can do that from a natural standpoint, what about spiritually? If we begin identifying ourselves as a Christian and not a sinner, if we start identifying ourselves as actually being healed, if we start identifying ourselves as being blessed, if we start identifying ourselves as being wise and smart and sharp and quick and intelligent and full of strength and full of life and strong, we should begin experiencing that reality because you are now creating that reality because you're identifying with it. Like, man, I just can't seem to get out of a debt. Well, how, how long do you want to keep identifying with the debt? How long do you want to keep saying I'm in debt? You might have debt, but don't go ahead and jump on into it. Don't, don't own it. I'm not saying you don't have it. We, we have some debt, but that's not what you're in. <laughs> We're in this place called Christ. He's a person. He will help you with your marriage. He knows, he knows how to be married too. He knows how to you to be a husband. He knows how to help you and your wife communicate. All we have to do is ask him. Well, he's never been married. You can only help someone if you've ever done that. Uh, wrong. <laughs> wrong. I, man, more testimonies keep coming up. We youth pastored. Um, for almost five years, we were youth pastors in Texas. And we had some kids that would come to our youth meetings and these kids came from a home where parents did not want them. So, they just, so the parents disowned them, 
And they would, we, we had these places in Texas called uh, emergency shelters. And these kids would bounce from shelter to shelter to shelter to shelter to shelter until someone either adopted them or they aged out at 18. Um, so these kids would come to our meetings. I'm like, oh, Lord, I don't even know how to speak to these kids. And these kids have been um, stabbed, shot, drugged, abused. I mean, went through the ringer because parents didn't want them. I'm, I'm saying this because even though I haven't necessarily lived that life, I couldn't even relate. But yet, somehow those kids got free because the Lord showed me what to say, showed me how to minister, showed me how to be led by his spirit to help that child out of that bondage. So just because you, if you find yourself in a situation like, I can't relate, <laughs> you're in a great place. Now you got to rely on God. And I'm quick to say, hey, I can't relate to you. I have no clue what you're going to. But guess what? I know someone who does. Are you ready to be free? And then it begins. Not sure why we said that. Hope it helps someone. Amen. So let's look at Ephesians chapter 2 in verse 6. It says, I'll just read it to you. It says, we've been raised with Christ and we've been seated with Christ. I just want you to get this. Make notes. Please take notes. Ephesians 2 and 6 is, is painting a picture of our position. In Christ. Paul had an amazing revelation of being in Christ. And then let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30. I want to, I want to just put our eyeballs on this one. If you can put that on the screen. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30. The Passion Translation says it this way. For it is not from man that we draw our life. See, right, right there we can stop. A, a lot of people are trying to get their life or their validation from man. But that's not how this works with us once we are in Christ. For it is not from man that we draw our life, but from God, as we are being joined to Jesus, the anointed one. And now he is our God-given wisdom, our virtue, our holiness, and our redemption. Amen. Now let's read that in the King James. I like the King James. I said this previously, I'll say it again, it was funny. <laughs> I was preparing for today, right? And, and we were going through scriptures and the Lord told me, hey, why don't you read that out of the King James since that's the version I used when I was on the earth. I said, yes, sir, we'll do that. <clears throat> he didn't say that. I, I, I like the King James. I lean towards the King James. I just like how it reads. Um, verse 30, but of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That's your identity. You can say it this way. In Christ... I am wise. In Christ, I am righteous. In Christ, I am sanctified. And in Christ, I am redeemed. So you can meditate on that scripture alone, and that'll help you with your um, identity crisis. No, no, no. Say, time out, time out, time out. Flesh, flesh, shut up. Let's look at this. 
In Christ, I am wise. In Christ, I am righteous. In Christ, I am redeemed. In Christ, I am sanctified. Amen. That's our position of being in Christ. And we can only be as effective on this planet as our knowledge of our identity. Spiritually. If we don't fully understand that we are loaded with God himself, how how can we reach a lost world when we are not confident in who we are? If we're not confident in in who we are, it's going to be hard to have confidence in the God that's created us. Well, I'm confident in God, but I'm not confident in myself. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Because you're one and the same. You've been joined together. He's working through you. See, you're not, this is not in our own strength. This is in his strength flowing through us. Yeah. Identity. We must know who we are. We must know who we are. You know, let me look at this. In 2 Corinthians 5, 21. I'll put that on the screen. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 in the Passion. says, for God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us. So that we who did not know righteousness might become the righteousness of God through our union with him. Now this sometimes stirs up some religious cows. I've heard them moo before. <laughs> when, when I, you know, when I was telling someone, hey, dude, you're just as righteous as God himself is. What's your problem? Paul, you you can't say that. I didn't say that. He said it. He created us to be as righteous as he is. This is not about taking his place. This is not about being better than God. That didn't work out too well for one dude. Ask him. This is about being made in his likeness and identifying with him. And, and our actions do not invalidate our righteousness. When you make a mistake, it does, you don't lose your righteousness. Oh, now I'm not righteous no more. Oh, got to get saved again. 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 I grew up in that church. That's torment. That's not freedom. That's torment. Like wondering if, did I mess up? Am I righteous? Am I going to hell? Oh no, what did I do? No, man, live free in Christ. This wasn't a jailbreak. Jesus didn't sneak into hell at night when when Satan was sleeping, got the keys and, and snuck us out. Come on, boys, let's go, let's go. No, he went down there boldly, legally, and said, let them go, they're coming with me, bye. You have been set free. I have been set free legally. We are legally free in Christ. So moping around about our past, moping around about who's coming after me. No, you're not on the run. You're free in Christ. This was a legal encounter. Pastor Bill didn't have to take his dog out. Diesel is not searching for us no more. 
We are free. Legally. And now when he starts jacking with you, you can put him in his place. Not roll over and say, yeah, you know what? You're right. I'm a rascal. <sighs> no. In Christ, I'm wise. In Christ, I am righteous. In Christ, I succeed. In Christ, I can do what God called me to do in this treasure valley. See, God sent all of us to this valley of treasures that are waiting to go to heaven with us. Oh, come on, man. There's treasures in this valley called people, and we are called to the people of this valley. They are treasures to God. Why don't we start loving them all and say, hey, do you want to know Jesus? We've got work to do. Here's the deal. God picked all of us to be a part of this work. How honoring is that? He delivered some from Oklahoma. He delivered some from Texas. He delivered some from Florida. He delivered some from all other states and got us here for him. It's pretty cool. So now we operate from a place of identity, of being in Christ, not ourself, not the world, in Christ. The world should not define the church. The church should be defining the world. Hey, man, the church is getting her voice back. We're rising up. We're taking ground. We're taking ground in this valley. We're taking ground overseas. We're taking ground in Africa. We're taking ground in London. We're taking ground in Australia. We're taking ground in Germany. We're taking ground all over this world where God is sending us and where we have yet to go. We're still taking ground where he's preparing the way for us when we get there. When we get there, it'll be easy to take because he's already taken it for us. We step in and possess it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you for this word. I thank you for this opportunity to gather together and study and hear from you. And be